Good afternoon, good afternoon. I am your host, Byron Terrell of Byron Terrell's Opinion, right here on Anchor. What's good, people? What is up, man? I got two topics today that we're going to dive right into. One is snitching, and the other one is ghostwriting. That's what my show is going to be about today. And the, I mean, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about snitching for so long. Especially with uh Takashi Six Nine situation that's been going on for a while, but it's been a lot of way more important situations that I had to talk about. But um, right now I'm gonna dig. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it today because I I think people are lost about the under about what snitching really is. You know when when is it okay to snitch? When is it not okay to snitch or? Is it even okay at all? What do people really think about snitching? Do people even understand what that is? And I'm not talking about the snitch. It's probably in a dictionary. It probably is. I don't know. But I'm not even talking. I'm not talking about that in the dictionary. I'm talking about the word snitch that arose from ghetto slang being a fucking telltale. Okay. That's the word I'm talking about. I don't want to hear your definition of what it is if it came from a dictionary. I'm talking about the word snitch that came from the streets. That's the word I'm talking about. People are uh, confused. And and, and I, I can understand why. I can understand why um, a lot of people are on the fence about the Takashi 69 situation because they figure, hey, if I was in his shoes, I snitch too. That's definitely snitching. <laughs> That's definitely snitching. I think I'm finna give y'all the class on snitching. This is this is snitching one on one with Byron Terrell. Goddamn it, we gonna get right into it. Okay. Um. So anyway, I'm gonna give y'all some examples, right? Of why certain people are okay to snitch and certain people are not. Okay. I know y'all like what the fuck is it? Let me let me break it down. Let me break it down for y'all. Right now, you have gang members. You have gang members, right? Uh, you also have ops. They're all gang members. Some of them have to be ha- happen to be ops of the other. That's another street word. Op basically is a is an enemy, is an enemy who happens to be part of the same organization. Um, I mean, it's part of another organization. That's doing the same illegal activity that you all are doing, but in another area or another part of the neighborhood, however you want to look at it. Right. So that being said, if we out here doing illegal activity to acquire income, uh, to make our gang strong or whatever the case may be. I can't run to the police and tell them you're doing that if I'm doing the same exact thing. That's one. Uh, Two, you lose a lot of street cred, not only with the ops, but your own organization, because now they looking at you like they can't trust you because you snitch on another individual who's doing the exact same thing that you all are doing. Okay. Um, And and, and there are reasons why people think they should. But you definitely shouldn't. Okay. Um, now let's say, let's say one of the ops came through, you know, for whatever reason, we enemies. I mean, that's what an op is. So anything can happen. But let's say one of the ops came through and they they uh they took out they took out 
a guy from your organization, right? You don't go and snitch about that. Because now the police are looking at, feds looking at, well, why did they come in? Why did they do that? What are y'all doing? You know, then the whole shit is blew up. Everything is blew up now. They looking at y'all and them. And y'all lost someone. See, people in the streets, what they do, if something like that were to happen, you just going to return a favor. That's how that worked. That's how, that's what I remember. But things are a lot different from when I was coming up. And I'm, I'm going to get into that as well. A, a whole lot different. I'm going to break that down in a minute. But anyway, so you don't go and snitch. You're going to return a favor. And let me explain to y'all what returning the favor is in the, in the streets. Because people think that's just getting your lick back. You just going. No, nah, let me break that down. And the, the best example I can give y'all this this example right here, right? A guy step on my shoe, right? Steps on my shoe. So for me to return the favor, I go and step on his shoe. But I don't only step on one shoe. I step on both of his shoes. That's what returning the favor mean in the streets. And unfortunately, that's what keeps the wars going on because they killed one of yours. You knocked off two of theirs. So now they sorry about that. They come back, you know, and, and, and it goes on until somebody sits up and say, hey, we need a peace treaty because now we're losing money. Ain't nobody making money because we're too worried about killing one another. You know, that's what I remember when I was coming up. Now, unfortunately, you have cowards, right? And I'm going to tell you about that because that's this is me telling y'all, Byron Terrell is saying this, to me, this is when it is okay to snitch, okay? I personally, I've never been a fan of drive-bys, man. I've, I've never... That shit is just whack to me. You know, not I'm not throwing shots at LA or nothing like that. I know that that's the place where drive-bys originated at. But I've never been, I never understood that shit. You know, I used to be in the streets as well. I, you know, I did my dirt. Drive-bys was just something I could not get with. I never understood that. That was fucked up. And it's probably because of the way that I, the way that I was raised in the streets, the way that I came up is completely different from how these young guys are coming up. And I'm going to break that down in a minute. But anyway, I've never been a fan of of drive-bys because a lot of innocent bystanders can get hit through drive-bys. That's like coward shit. You want the person you want, you either set up a way for you to get them or you walk up on them and you get them and you do what you got to do. You catch them sleeping. You catch them sleeping, catch them snoozing, and you do what you got to do. You don't be on some cow, just start, I'm going to just shoot. I'm going to just shoot whoever. You didn't hit everybody but the person that you actually wanted to hit. To me, that's when it's okay to snitch. That's when it's okay to snitch. Because you you can't shoot. You hitting people that ain't got nothing to do with this, man. Get this man off the motherfucking streets. You didn't hit this little girl. You done shot this man mama. You done shot this lady grandma. Like, bro, you can't shoot. Some Get this nigga off the street. That's me. That's just my opinion. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm telling you right now, I used to be in the streets. And it was completely different. Matter of fact, let me, let me explain that to y'all right now, man. When I was a shorty coming up, right? I'm from the south side of Chicago, Inglewood. Okay. Game bangers back then when I was a shorty, I say when I was like six, seven grade, something like that. There was a these guys were and they had a, a some type of compassion for people that were not into that life. If you wasn't in that life, then you wasn't in it. 
and they they made sure that you stayed out of it. They they cared. Excuse me. They cared. And what I mean by that, let's say um, neutrons, right? We call people who are on neither side, you know, that ain't part of no organization, that don't gang bang, but they know they pretty much know some of the guys in the gang. We call them neutrons. They some schoolboys, you know. They you know they carry backpacks instead of guns. You know what I mean? We res- we had a certain respect for those guys because they wasn't in this organization. They didn't choose it. And we didn't pull them in. These old heads, the old gang members, they didn't pull them in. If they knew you were supposed to be in school and it was a time, time of the day where you were supposed to be in school and you wasn't, they was going to make your ass go to school. That's that's what their toughness to that was. They weren't going to beat you up or try to make you join the gang. You supposed to be in school, take your ass to school. That's the respect gangbangers had back then. And another thing, like, if you were with your, your mom or your your little sister or somebody that had no parts of this organization, that was your past. That was your past. And what I mean by that is, let's say one of the ops came through and did some damage to me, right? And I hate this mug, man. And I, in the back of my head, I know when I see this, it's curtains when I see this fool. It is curtains for him. You got a real hate for this person. You want this person to die. If I saw this person and this person happened to be with his mother or this person happened to be with his daughter, there was absolutely nothing I can do to him. That's how game banging was when I grew up, because even if if I did do something to him, it wasn't his people I was worried about. It was my own people because I broke the fucking rules. Those were considered passes when I was growing up. That was your past. It was nothing I can do to you at all. You walking with your son, your grandpa. Hey, I can't do nothing. As much as I hate you, as much as I want to knock you off, there's absolutely nothing I can do because I know my own people would take me out for breaking the rules like that. That's the compassion that gangbangers had back then. That they cared about people who was not in it. You had a lot of less innocent bystanders back then. We still had some because of the stupid ass drive-bys. But you didn't have as many as you have today, man. Because they were strict. They were strict. And they were rules and laws that game bankers followed. And they respected the game enough to follow those rules and laws. We don't have that today. Byron Terrell here giving you the story of Cape. Pooling made affordable. Cape is a trending online swimming pool supply store offering their first rate products and exceptional customer service to shoppers from the comfort of their own homes. They're a business made up of innovators, forward thinkers with the drive to constantly update and improve the online shopping experience. The online store has become synonymous with quality and they ensure a continuous variety of fantastic merchandise that fits any budget check them out today at cape 365.com that's c-a-p-e 365.com and we're back i wanted to um give a, another quick example before i get into the ghost writing segment of my show and um 
I want to give and just give y'all another example of how compassionate that the bangers were when I was growing up. How compassionate they were, and um, the difference is in how these guys are coming up now, which is crazy. It's just absolutely, um, it's insane, man. It's insane. But um, there was a situation I can remember. I can remember this like it was yesterday, man. It was it was so crazy that this memory will never fade from my mind. But um, I was like in sixth or seventh grade, and one of the old heads, right? One of the old head gang members. I'm not gonna say his name, but um, he came up to my grammar school. This is how much respect that everybody had for each other and everybody knew who each other was and you respected the position that they held. You 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 respected it and you understood it. You know, but um anyway, he came up to my my grammar school, which was Henderson Elementary at the time, on 56 and Walcott. And um he told my principal, he goes, uh, hey. Don't let any other kids out of school. I know school is getting ready to let out in about 10, 15 minutes, but I'm going to need you to hold off on allowing them to leave right now. Uh, we just had a situation where someone, some, well, you know, an op came through and um, and shot through the neighborhood, and they, didn't, they really didn't know what was about to happen at the moment, but they were going to find out, and they were going to do what they can do as our gang members to make sure that the kids were safe before we were let out. And the respect that the neighborhood have for one another and, and you know, the, the honesty, the principal had no choice but to listen to the, um, to the old head. He had no, had no choice but to listen to him. And uh, there was no parent. My mom couldn't come and, say he let my kid out my dad couldn't come the principal listened to what he had to say and he locked that school down and did not let anybody out of that school until he came back or sent somebody back to let him know that it was okay to let the kids out now and i guarantee you um we had an auditorium that he they made us all go and kneel behind the chairs in the auditorium and i guarantee you within i say a good 15 minutes right when we were about to get out we i heard like a good man 30 shots 30 shots and another 15 20 minutes pass another 15 20 minutes pass and then someone came and said it was okay for us to go and we went home and all the kids stayed inside that day but see that's the type of attitude that the game breakers had when I was coming up if you wasn't a part of that organization they made sure that you stayed out of the consequences for organizations that you had no parts of nowadays these guys are intentionally purposely killing kids and grandmothers and they don't care if you with you hanging out with your mom or they hate you that you are out they see you it's curtains it's curtains man especially in chicago i'm from chicago i'm, I'm telling y'all the real man it is curtains and uh, i caught a lot of backlash for some for some things i said a while back and 
this should be an example of why I said what I said. And I, I didn't want people to take it the wrong way. But I said, um, excuse me, I respect all the old heads that, you know, once they were incarcerated, they got their mind together and they got out and they went on to do um, better, you know, positive things. But honestly, I wish some of those guys went back to the game, man. I really do wish some of those guys went back to the game because now that they don't, the game doesn't have that in Chicago, there's no structure. We got killings everywhere. And it's people that are purposely killing children to get to their op. I mean, just a year ago, a year ago, um, I want to say a year ago, or maybe, maybe it was two, but a nine-year-old boy was shot and killed in the alley. And as the story progressed through the news, come to find out, he wasn't an innocent bystander. He was actually targeted and lured into that alley where he met his demise. And that, it, that right there hurt me so bad. You know, when you got kids, man, shit happened to kids, that shit break you down. Because you think about yours. You know, you think about your own. But when I, re- when I found out that you purposely lured this kid in the alley to kill him because you had problems with his father who was a gang member, that broke my heart, man, because that wouldn't have never happened back in the day. And if it did, the guy who did that, he would have been dead the next day. Not by his ops, by his own people. You understand? That's what gangbanger was when I grew up. If you were a gangbanger, you understood that it came with that. Jail, probation, house arrest, death, all of that is part of that game. So when that happens to a person in the game, don't get me wrong, people still have sympathy. We hurt for anybody that loses a life or goes to jail for a long time. It hurts. But within that game, it's expected. It hurts But not as much as somebody getting killed who had no parts of this fucking game. It don't hurt as much as that as a college boy dying, walking home from school. You didn't you didn't snuffed out somebody who was on their way to the NBA. You didn't snuffed out somebody who was on their way to be the president. You didn't snuffed out somebody who was on their way to the NFL. To me, that's when it's okay to snitch. And that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. You want to hurt somebody hurt, didn't do that. But these innocent bystanders, bro, they ain't really got nothing to do with it. They ain't got nothing to do with it. You know, snitching is if 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 I'm out here selling drugs, you out here selling drugs too. But you you making way more money than me. And instead of me taking care of my business, I go and call the police and let them know that you selling drugs. Or better yet. I'm going to give y'all the best example of snitching I can give y'all before I switch topics real quick. Right? Let's say we both out here, my team and everybody, we out here selling drugs. You selling drugs, we both selling drugs. I get caught. I'm the one that got caught. Now, you didn't get caught. The only way you would get caught is if I tell them. Whatever you did that was sneaky enough, you whatever, however sly your move was, you didn't get caught, so you good. I got caught for doing what the fuck I was doing. Not because nobody told on me, 
Not because my boy set me up. I was messy with how I was selling my shit and I get caught. Now, if I go in here and I, to lessen my time, I snitch on somebody else who was doing the same exact thing that I was doing. That is definitely snitching, bro. Definitely snitching. Because if it wasn't for me snitching, you wouldn't have never got caught. You wouldn't have never got caught doing what you was doing. We both out here doing the same thing. I'm the one got caught. I got to fight my case the best way I can fight it. I can't go and tell on the next man. That is definitely snitching right there. Definitely snitching. But uh, I don't think it's snitching if you know somebody was on a, on a mission to go and kill an op and they kill a little girl instead. Bro, you can't shoot. I'm going to need you to get off the streets. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion, y'all. That's just how I feel. You know. But anyway... Got to go pay some bills real quick, and I'll be back. You dig? And uh, we gonna talk about ghostwriting, and we gonna also talk about NWA and the famous Easy E. We gonna get into that. I'm Byron Terrell of Byron Terrell's Opinion, right here on Anchor. And I am back, y'all. We're going to get right back into it, man. We're going to get right back into this thing. And we're going to talk about writing. Ghostwriting, songwriting, and just being a writer, period. I think people are confused. um, Or not confused, pretty much just don't understand uh, sometimes what what rappers go through to acquire a song or to finish a song. And a lot of times when we when when you hear somebody says, well, he didn't write the song, it's it's sometimes true. But that doesn't mean he didn't write the bar, his his actual verse. You know, a songwriter is a person who who sometimes just write the hook of the song. That's what that means. Like 50 Cent wrote um, the first two uh, mainstream songs that game had. It was quoted that 50 Cent wrote those songs. Yeah, he wrote the song. He didn't write games verses. And that's what I think people misunderstand when they say, well, he ain't write the song. He ain't write the song. Somebody, it's another writer on there. You can look on the on the thing. He wrote the song. You know, first of all, you'll never see a ghostwriter's name. A ghostwriter is somebody who writes bars for people. That's what a ghostwriter is. Who writes their bars But if a, if you see the name He didn't write the bars Trust me What he did was Write the hook of the song The chorus of the song That's what he wrote People misconstrue And, and just you know Just not being a person of the industry May not understand What that actually means um, Cardi B caught a lot of backlash And it, that, it's another This, this, this kind of tripped me out Because People are so, you know, they wishy-washy, man. Fans can be wishy-washy because when Bodak Yellow came out, people loved the song. They loved it, okay? Still love it to this day. Um, But then there were talks of, well, she didn't write the song. And now 
people felt a little different, you know, calling her fake or was she ain't right. Like, where did the negativity come from? Because my opinion, it's the same song. You like the song before you knew she wrote it or not. And this is just all he say, she say, because I can't, I don't know if she wrote it or not. I don't care. I like the song. I liked her delivery on the song. Um, it fit her. That's another thing writers do. Writers can come in and write you a chorus or a hook or a ghostwriter can write your bars for you. But if it if it still fits your lifestyle, I don't think you're being fake because they help you deliver. You're delivering talking about you, whether you wrote it or not. It's still who you are. Now, if you out here rapping about some shit that you don't believe in that, and this ain't you, somebody wrote it for you. This ain't what you believe in. Then that that's what I would I would consider fake. That's what I would consider fake because you're rapping about some shit that don't got nothing to do with you that you don't even know nothing about. That's what I would consider fake. Every song that Cardi B has come out with, it fits her. It describes her. Whether she wrote it or not, I feel her vibe from her delivering the song. People just negative to me for no reason. You know, if you're a rapper and you write your own bars, great good for you if you're a rapper and you write your own bars and you're in your hooks too then you get it hey great for you that's great because a lot of y'all don't know it, but a lot of people don't write their own songs that doesn't mean they don't write their verses again that doesn't mean they don't write their verses for example 50 cent 50 cent wrote games first two mainstream songs that were to come out he wrote those. He wrote the hook. He didn't write game verses. But to see that tight that headline on YouTube, wherever you guys see it at, then you're going to run around and say, oh, game ain't even write all that, man. 50 wrote that boy song. He can't rap. No, 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 no. That's not how that goes. 50 Cent wrote the choruses, the hooks for the songs. He didn't write game verses. And you can tell they don't rap nothing to like. They don't rap nothing alike. Now, with a lot of ghostwriters nowadays, you can tell who wrote what. You know what I mean? You can tell who wrote what. Same thing with um with uh Drake. A lot of people say he didn't write most of his songs. Personally, I think he do because he is a writer for other people. Choruses and all. Choruses and all. Now, the reason I really want to talk about this writing situation is because for one, I think it's I think it's bitter. I think it's petty for people to knock down a person for not writing the music. When you're an artist, you're an artist. Nobody does that with no other genre. Nobody does that with no other genre. Nobody cares. But if you're a rapper, you gotta be the one writing everything. You gotta be. You might as well say you ain't a real rapper if you don't make your own beats. You might as well say that. You might as well say that. Because, I mean, so what? So what? Bodak Yellow came out. People loved it. You heard somebody posted something and said, well, Cardi didn't even write that. Ooh, you loved the song before. You loved her delivery. The beat is dope. The hook is dope. You liked it. But now that you know that she ain't write it, what, does the song sound different to you? Or I'm confused. My thing is, the majority, majority, I'm not going to say all, because we do have some fakers out there, but the majority of the rappers that 
coming to the game, they came from a place of poverty or either they came from the hood, they came from the streets and now they're doing something positive. My thing is they took for them to be an artist, whether they wrote it or not, you have to deliver a song. You got a lot of R&B singers out here that ain't never wrote shit, that never wrote nothing, but they sing so well. Their voice is is uh, is nice, and Beyonce is one of them. Now I'm not sending shots at Beyonce. I love her. What I'm saying is we love Beyonce for singing shit that other people wrote, and we know they wrote it. Neo has wrote written for her. You know what I'm saying? We know they wrote it. Everybody know Neo wrote that to the left, but he wrote it for Beyonce because Beyonce's delivery is awesome. He figured she can sing that song. Um uh the dream. Dream wrote Umbrella for Rihanna, and Rihanna could deliver that song. She has an amazing voice. Cardi B is a rapper. Rappers got to be, you know, rappers is almost like the N-word of the, the whole industry because they look at you for any little thing they nitpick with you about. You got to be perfect to the freaking T when it comes to rapping. Just like with just like with our age, like you got to be a so once you get this old, like you can't rap anymore or something. You know what I'm saying? Whereas you look at rock and roll, you have guys doing rock and roll well into their 60s. Same with R&B, well into their 60s, but as a rapper, man, hang it up. It's sad. I think people just find ways to nitpick at rap artists. Me personally, I don't care if you wrote it or not. What I care about is if whatever you perform, that you believe in it, and it's part of who you are. That's what I believe in. I, To me, it's fake to rap about some shit that you don't even know nothing about, that you don't care about. That's what's fake to me. That's what's fake to me. I don't care if you wrote it or not, but if it's who you are, somebody probably know, well, I'm going to write this for you because I feel this will fit you. I feel this is you. Just like with R&B singers. We love Beyonce because of her delivery, but she don't write a lot of her music. Nobody's throwing a book at her. Nobody's saying nothing negative about her. Now, the real reason I want to talk about this situation because as much as people's uh, as much as people go go in on rappers about not writing their own music, for some reason, back in the day, we gave this man the title of Godfather of Gangster Rap, and he has never wrote none of his own rhymes. I'm talking about Mr. Easy E. And this ain't a slug, Easy E. I love Easy E. Y'all know this ain't a slug because y'all know how I feel about the whole right situation in general. I don't care. I look at it as a. These guys found the way to get out the hood to make positive, to make money legally and to do something positive with their life. They have a voice that can be that people like, that people are drawn to, just like R&B singers. They have a voice that people are drawn to. They like their delivery. You know what I mean? I might got a song that I don't think I don't feel is right for my voice or feel is right for for me to deliver it. Or whatever the case may be. But I like how you deliver. I, lo- I love your delivery. I want you to rap this for me. It's fine. Like, so what? People find ways to be bitter, man. And throw shots about nothing. Like, it's okay to me. And the reason I brought up Eazy-E. Because I respect these brothers. 
Nobody said nothing about Easy E not writing his own music. But I respect NWA being the group that they were and the friends that they were. They figured out a way. They figured out a way to accumulate income legally and start doing positive things with their lives. None of them, none of them had the whole package, but together they did. Together they did. Dr. Dre made the beats. Ice Cube wrote the rhymes and Easy E delivered them. It was just like that. They put their minds and nobody, nobody said anything to Easy E. Nobody sent a shout out to Easy E about him not about uh, Ice Cube writing his rhymes for him. Nobody said nothing. They loved the way he was sounding, man, and they accepted it. So I don't understand why people are doing it now to artists that are coming into the game. If you got a, if you if you deliver the song code, man, you got a following and fans liking you, and you making money, you doing, you being positive. I'm with you. I don't care if you wrote it or not, dog. To be honest with you, the thing is, if you don't, if you are the writer or you not writing your music, don't lie about it. That's what make you fake. Cause you sitting up here acting like you wrote it and you know you did. Like Puffy's not gonna do that. I respect Puffy. Puffy ain't gonna say I wrote that. He know no, I gotta write. I brought him in to write this song for me. He'll tell you that. He'll tell you that. I just think people need to respect the game all the way around. You know what I'm saying? It's a job in general. You're an artist. People have writers. It's okay. That's just my opinion, though. That's just my opinion, though. Anyway, that's what I want to get off my chest, y'all. That is my show for today. Hope y'all enjoyed it. If you got any questions or you want to comment about some things that I said, please hit me up on Twitter at Byron underscore Terrell. That is B-Y-R-O-N underscore T-E-R-R-I-L. Leave your question, leave your comments, and I promise you I'll answer them and I'll get back to you. I try to answer every question a person has for me every question because I want people to understand you know where I'm coming from I try not to be negative I try to be as positive as I can and people for the most part they're positive with me as well because that's the type of energy that I give off you know just like Nipsey said you receive the energy that you relieve you know when you you put out good energy nine times out of ten good energy is going to come back to you that's just how it is. I am Byron Terrell of Byron Terrell's Opinion, and I'm out.